Welcome back to On The Level Leadership. And this week, I want to cover seven mistakes that new leaders often make when they are assuming their new role as either a new manager or as a new leader in their organization. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining on the Level Leadership this week. And I'm going to tackle seven mistakes, I think, the most common ones anyway, that new leaders or new managers often make when they're assuming new roles. I know that the transition from um, a sort of your regular run-of-the-mill employee to one of manager slash leader in an organization can be a tough transition for some. And these mistakes are part of the reason why it can be a little tough for them. So the first thing I want to tackle is the concept of not thinking big or having a broad vision. Now, I've talked about this in pretty much every video I've ever done about leadership because I'm a huge proponent of these guys and their work. But if you look at the Leadership Challenge by Kuzes and Posner, again, a huge sales pitch on this book. If you don't haven't read this book or don't know who Kuzes and Posner are, you need to do your research and find out who these guys are. And you need to buy this book. And there's a link down below for that if you're interested. However, one of the things that they talk about is the ability to enable or inspire a shared vision. It's one of the principles in their book. One of the things that I think new leaders really struggle with, and I, I experienced this with a client I had um, a few weeks ago where they didn't quite know how to inspire a shared vision with their team. This was something that was completely foreign to them. So I don't care if you're a manager or a leader in the sense of being an executive in an organization, you need to really understand what the vision of the work that you and your team are doing and how that applies or how that fits into the greater picture or the greater vision for the organization or the company that you're working for. You need to be able to tie the work you're doing with the strategic plans of the organization. Strategic plans for the organization can be very high level with big vision statements and mission statements. And there may be some very clear outputs or goals or strategic objectives for the company in terms of you know, maybe market share or in terms of profits that they want to achieve, etc. And what you need to do is figure out where does your team fit into the greater whole. So having a systems lens to your work can be sometimes a new concept for people because oftentimes when we're the doers in a company, we're used to doing the work, which is sort of defined, it's niched, it's in our focus area. But now as a leader, you now have to take the work that you're doing and expand that view a little bit to see how does it fit into the bigger picture. Sometimes as a new leader, we get too micro-focused on the tasks at hand and we lose sight of that bigger picture, right? I read recently in an Inc. Magazine article that a staggering 87% of us are completely disengaged at work. So if you're new to leadership, a large group of people that work for you are completely disengaged from their work. That should scare you because as a new leader, wow, like if you have disengaged staff, you're not going to be productive. You're not going to be successful at meeting your targets. And, you know, as a leader, you're going to take the heat. So it's really important that you find a way to pull your staff into the purpose-driven objectives. Now, I've referred to the Disney Corporation, and I have issues with the Disney Corporation of late and how it's being managed and led by certain uh, executives on their board right now. However, that said, historically speaking, what Disney's done really well is engaging their cast members, i.e. their staff. That's what they call them, cast members, because they're part of a show, which is what you see when you go to Main Street USA at Disneyland or Disney World. 
they were historically really good at engaging their cast members to improve processes, to look at how to improve business, to look at ways to be more efficient and effective. And they're really good at getting cast members to understand their value in the customer experience and how important their one person decision on a day-to-day basis at work impacts the ultimate goal of client satisfaction or to improve the customer experience when somebody's at a park, for example. So your goal as a manager or leader is to replicate that concept, right? Is to look at how do I get my staff to understand their role and how important it is to the greater good. The second thing that new leaders often struggle with is being the boss versus being the leader. Let me explain. Personally, I've always gravitated to a more collaborative style of leadership. And so my ego hasn't really been a big part of my leadership style. That said, though, there were times when my ego would get triggered by people who challenged my leadership. That's true. And if I'm fully transparent, that, I mean, that's one of my weaknesses. However, as a new leader, we often struggle with this need to prove ourselves or to be perfect in the role that we've been selected to lead. By doing that, you sometimes can focus or hyper-focus on the results rather than the people that you're leading. And that means that you're being the boss versus being the leader. And for some of us who do have big egos, let's be real, you know, you've been selected to be the leader of this new organization. Maybe you're the new director, the new executive director, and you've got this big executive title now. You've got the fancy parking spot in the front. Your ego is fully fleshed out. Your feathers are fully fluffed, right? But here's the problem with that is you come in with that perspective that I'm the boss, I'm the executive, what I say goes, that never works. I hate to tell you, but that never works ever. Like you cannot force people. What you will do is drive your great employees to leave you and your not so performant employees will be left behind and you will struggle as an organization to perform at the, at the level you're supposed to perform at. And you'll find your executive position at risk in a year or two or less because you've implemented this boss versus lead, you know, leader mentality. So again, I think remaining humble and not pushing the results quite as hard over the people is is really key. So keeping a level of certain a certain level of modesty is really important for you and it was something that I needed to carefully navigate in my leadership uh, so that I didn't become too directive in how I led and managed the team. The third piece is controlling the narrative. Oftentimes when we're the new boss, we feel that because we're that poop filter between the senior management and the staff, that sometimes we keep a little too much information to ourselves and we don't share with the staff and we're not transparent about what's happening. And so I did this early in my leadership when I was managing the stockpile. And unfortunately, uh, I attempted to protect the staff from some messaging that was happening at the senior level. And unfortunately, uh, some of that information got leaked. And uh, what it did is it actually... um, rattled the trust that the team had in me because I I wasn't transparent with them on sort of where things may or may not be going. Clearly, there are things as a manager or as a leader you cannot share with your staff and for obvious good reasons. Um, But the reality is, is as much as possible, try to remain as transparent and open with your staff because the more you do so, the higher your level of trust and loyalty will be in your organization. The fourth thing I see in new leaders, and this is a big one, is the inability to delegate or the lack of delegation. New leaders often feel because, especially if you're a doer, if you were the one making the widgets before and now you're leading or supervising the team that's making the widgets, you should not be making the widgets or telling people how to do the widgets. (laughs) You should be leading the production line and looking at the overall perspective of, are we productive? Are we meeting our quotas? Are we meeting our mandate? Are we meeting our objectives? That's your role as a leader. 
This can be a huge adjustment for leaders because learning to delegate requires trust. Leaders keep an eye on the prize and are not doing all the work. Learning to delegate is in fact an executive level skill that all of us, if we want to be a senior leader in our organizations, have to learn at some point. The other thing too is you only have so much time in a day. Like you cannot possibly do everything or you will not live a life of balance. You will be constantly doing everybody else's job. The other piece to this too is if you're delegating or not delegating rather, you have to ask yourself the question as to why you're not delegating. If you're not delegating because you don't feel you have the staff that have the competencies to do the work, then as a leader, you need to really do a clear review of who is in your organization, what are they doing, what skills are they bringing, are they able to do the work, and if they're not, you need to ask some serious questions about how you're going to revise your team so that you get the skills and the acumen needed to support you as a leader so that you can support your team to make the, you know, achieve the objectives that you've all committed to. If you don't have the right skill sets, then you need to look at that. If you don't have the right processes, then you need to look at that. And if you don't have the right tools, then you need to seek those tools and find a way to get those tools in. Because if you don't have the right people's processes or tools, you can't achieve your work and you will not be able to delegate. Trust is important from a leader's perspective. Again, Kuz and Poser talk about this. The leader must trust first. You have to take the first step here and delegate something and say, I trust you. I know you're going to do this. And honestly, what I often found was if I expect the best, I often got it. And sometimes I got even more than that. I would delegate something to them and I would have a certain level of expectation and they would come to me with something that was like way better than I could have even imagined. So learn to delegate, learn to trust. Now delegation does not mean you hand something off to people and then you laissez-faire, you don't check back in. No. What delegation means is you're saying to them, I need you to do this for me because I simply do not have the time or the skills potentially to do this. I'm delegating this to you. I need it by a certain time frame. I'm going to check in with you at this point in time to see how you're doing on your progress. We're going to discuss issues or obstacles you're having. We're going to look at ways to get over those obstacles and we're going to look at ways of succeeding together. That's your job as a leader. The fifth thing that I often see with new leaders, and I had this myself personally in a big, big way, was having difficulty being the leader versus being a friend or colleague. It's, this is especially true if you're an internal uh, appointment, or if you have been promoted internally, if you're coming from the external, it's less of a, an issue for you because you're new to the team to begin with. And so you can kind of come in as the boss or as the leader of the organization, and you can set expectations right off the cuff pretty clearly. Where it's difficult is when you're an internal um, appointment to a new leadership position, you may have staff reporting to you who previously were your colleagues and friends that you would like hang out on the weekends with. So this poses a bit of a challenge. Actually, it poses a big challenge for new leaders in particular. And I had to really adjust how I communicated with my staff who were previously friends or colleagues. It was really important to me that I set boundaries as the new leader and that I stuck to those boundaries. One of the things that you have to stay away from is any perception of favoritism, which often happens with new leaders because they have friends. And they want to keep that friendship. And so they tend to favor those staff. They give them the choiciest, juiciest jobs or what have you. And then, you know, the, the scraps go to the rest of the staff. You don't want nepotism. You don't want any of that nonsense, right? That just makes life really difficult for you as a leader. So it's really important that you set boundaries and that you stick to them. So I understand how hard this can be, but understand that as a new leader, it is your responsibility to establish those boundaries and to stick to them 
as hard as that can be sometimes. And it may mean shifting who you hang out with. It doesn't mean you can't be cordial. It doesn't mean you can't be friendly. It doesn't mean you can't go to their houses when they have little parties. It just means that you're going to have to be a bit more cautious about what you say and how you say it and filter some of the thoughts that you're having in your head, because now you're their leader. And that has a certain level of responsibility that you didn't have when you were their colleague. The sixth thing that I see with new staff that is a struggle for people is not walking the talk. You have to do what you say, say what you do, because your values need to be both implicitly and explicitly stated and expressed through action. Let me explain this. Cruises and Posner, again, I go back to their book because these guys are, in my opinion, the bee's knees when it comes to leadership. Um, Cruises and Posner's talk about this as modeling the way. It is the first leadership practice in this book that you need to study. Modeling the way is do what you say, say what you do, is about being clear on your expectations. It's about ensuring that your actions match your words. Why is this important? Because if you don't do that, you lose the trust and loyalty of your team. Simple as that. It's a super simple concept. This is not rocket science here, guys. If you don't talk your walk, your talk or talk your walk or however that goes, you will lose the respect of your team. And once you lose the respect of your team, it is really difficult to build that back up. And the last thing I often see leaders uh, struggle with is the the not giving regular feedback to their teams or to their to their uh, staff. And I would actually argue not giving feedback to senior management. So one of the things I was really good at was reporting up or briefing up, if you will. But what I wasn't quite as good at when I started to become uh, more of a leader in a positional sense was feedback for folks working for me. And so one of the things we had to do is establish a regular feedback loop with my team. Some of it was done in a group setting where we would do organizational feedback, sort of how we're doing on meeting our targets or uh, are we close to meeting our objectives? And we would do that in a group setting. But what was more important was the one-on-one pieces, right? was making sure that you're doing more than just once a year. So you may have come from an organization where you only got feedback once a year at your performance review. As a leader, you need to do more than that. You need to do much better than that. It needs to be more frequent. I would say on a daily basis, if you have the opportunity to provide feedback to somebody on the team about something they're doing, I would say take it. So if someone's taken initiative, then recognize that. Again, it comes back to the leadership challenge with encouraging the heart and enabling others is when you encourage people, you, again, you drive performance because if they hear from their bosses that they're doing a good job, they're going to continue to do good jobs or good work. So it's really important that you provide that regular feedback. And it has to be real, though. It has to come from a place of of truth. It can't be just, I have to do this because I need them to believe in this. No, no, it has to come from a place of truth. You need to be real with your feedback, right? The other piece of feedback I find that new leaders in particular have a hard time with is having difficult conversations. So you've assumed this team, maybe there's a couple of people that aren't as productive as they should be. Maybe they have performance issues. Maybe they've been absent a lot and you have to figure out what you're going to do with these people. That comes down to having difficult conversations on a one-on-one basis with these people. So that is something that I find new leaders really struggle with. We want to be friends. We want people to like us. We want to be embraced by our team members. We don't like to ruffle feathers and make people upset or maybe disappoint people. And if you're in a position to fire somebody, which could be the case in private industry and government, maybe not so much the, the case, but in a private industry, you might be in a position to fire somebody or dismiss somebody. This can be really difficult for you as a new leader because you may never have had to do this before. So having difficult conversations is something I'm going to do a video on in another video because I, I could go through a lot of 
ways that you can handle this. But the reality is, is you need to figure out what your style is and how you're going to manage this and then um, really come up with uh, a method that works for you in order to have those conversations with people because it's really important. One, you're not doing somebody a favor if you're not critiquing them in a way that's productive because ultimately if they're not producing the way they need to, whether they work for you or they work for somebody else, you're not doing them a favor if you're not helping them grow. And unfortunately, people don't like to be told that they're not doing well, but sometimes it's a conversation around, are you missing some skills? Are you missing training? What can we do to enable you to be more productive or to be better at your job? Sometimes it's just not a great fit, guys. Sometimes they're just not a great fit. The previous manager hired them because of nepotistic reasons, or maybe they they knew them from somewhere else and did them a favor. Maybe they're just not a great fit. So you need to have those hard conversations to determine if that staff member needs to stay with your team. And if they are going to stay with your team, what are the expectations you're now going to place on them? Can they meet the expectation? And what do they need to be successful at meeting those expectations? So that's your role as a leader, right, is to really give feedback on a regular basis. So those are the seven most common mistakes I believe new leaders tend to make when they're taking on new roles within their organizations. I would love, if you're watching this on YouTube, I would love to see in the comments below if I've missed anything major that you think needs to be added to this list and or any commentary about your own experience around these mistakes. Did you experience these issues? Did you have a staff member who didn't? How did you handle it? I'd love to hear uh, in the comments down below what your thoughts are on this. And if you're listening on podcasts, I just want to thank you for being here. And I want you to really consider if you're a new leader, are you being challenged by some of these mistakes? And did you get anything from this? And if so, maybe write it down somewhere, write it down. What is your key takeaway from today's session? And if you are a new leader and you are really struggling in your new role and would like some assistance on becoming more successful or building your confidence, I do have a link down below for a package I have right now for coaching that I think might be of interest to you. And potentially, if you just want to have a, a quick conversation to see how coaching might be able to help you to succeed in your new role, I'd be happy to do that too. And there's a link for that as well down below if you're on YouTube and or if you're on the podcast, it will be in the description. Thanks again for following On The Level Leadership. If you want more leadership and coaching content to help you be the best leader that you can be, feel free to follow and or subscribe to this channel because I am here every week. Take care, folks. I'll see you next week.